0: Any opinions expressed are my own and do not reflect the opinions of anyone outside of Independent Left Media, LLC.
1: Independent Left. dot news.
0: Independent Left News. Indie Left News. It's independent Left News.
1: Oh yeah, and I get news from Independent Left.
0: Thank you, Independent Left News. They actually put up posts of different shows, different things going on. Check out Indie Left. They're doing a lot of good things. They're on Twitter and Instagram, and they've helped promote our show a lot. Thanks for the work you do behind the scenes too. This man does our Discord and some other help, so I just love to shout him out. Thanks so much, man. Yeah. They kind of. Really do a great job of pushing.
1: Thank you, Independent Left, for reminding me of that. Check right. out IndependentLeft.News. IndieLeft.News.
0: Indie Left, shout out. Thank you so much, rob Pagone. It is Saturday. No, it's Sunday night. Jesus Christ. I don't even know what day it is. Hi, everybody. Uh, it's it. <laughs> He's shaking his head. It's Bird. It's me. It's Indie. It's the Bong Father. It's Reef. That guy sitting over oh, there. Sure. So, so, so that means that it, it must be, how do we miss that? And I've been hyping it all day and I've been looking forward all week to doing this and got a chance to do my own thumbnail this week and for a change, which was a lot of fun. Hope you guys all enjoyed that. I got to use my little Reggie Jackson 44. This is episode 44 Mm -hmm. of how do we miss that? So that's pretty cool. Pretty psyched about that. Again, thank you everybody for being here. Oh man. It's been a, a crazy week. Um, you did a bunch of. You were on Bitch with Comrade Misty this week. It was a rare bitch. Uh, again, we're yeah. not going to get too much into a whole bunch of necessary bitch. And that's a very necessary bitch. Um, shout out to Misty. A shout out to all the March for Medicare for All people that have been out there for the last doubt. week. Okay, killing it out in, uh, you know, out there in DC, <clears throat> and everybody out there fighting for for Medicare for All, but specifically the March for Medicare for All folks uh, that are fighting I'm... for national Medicare for All. Uh, How you doing, brother? Uh, Good good to see everybody here in the chat. So, so, uh, how did we miss that? Welcome, everybody, to How Did We Miss That? How did you know? Okay, we are a show and we are airing live on eight platforms right now. Rockfin, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook. Odyssey, Telegram, and Rumble. We are live on INN Rumble, Sunday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific, reviewing a few of the big stories that we haven't seen covered much in our independent media channels this week. Co-hosted by Indy, mm-hmm. that's me, founder and editor of Independent Left News, Leftist.Today, and this guy, Reef Breland. He's the creator of the Jimmy Door Discord, host of Reef for After Dark and INN News. We're also both founding members of Indy News Network, a collaborative family of 23 independent content creators. And
1: uh, who are these people?
0: Yes. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, so all the stories this week were featured in independent left. News. You're going to see tonight. Please make sure share this link. Please share this out. Like the stream, subscribe to our channels everywhere that you watch. Listen, we're also on plat. We're also on podcasts. Uh, we're actually co-streaming and, and live streaming this on independent left. News. So technically we are on. Nine platforms, if you want to count it, because we are self-hosting. Also want to say thank you so much to the people that actually make the show happen. Uh, this guy sitting next to me, Reef, for sure, without him, it wouldn't happen. Uh, the Big Bad Crab, Greg, uh, he's he's awesome. Love him to death. Uh, Fantomas, Fantomas Fanto, who cuts our videos and he does our editing. And then we've got Fred Edward and the resident skeptic, Chris Gilman, on the Twitter and Instagram and Facebook sharing and making sure that everybody sees what, what everybody's doing out there. Really appreciate everybody out there so much. If you want to volunteer and if you want to help, and we always need a lot more help, all hands on deck, sharing this out and sharing it out and we uh, from your own accounts, or we can potentially if we you know, work out how you can share it from the INN account or from the Indie Left account. And again, we can use all the help we can get right now. So really appreciate that and appreciate everybody pitching in. Uh, I want to get to our first story, which everybody sees is the CIA infiltrating Google. So let's get right to that. Let's go to our thumbnail first for a second. And then we're going to go to our indie Main. Hey, <clears throat> it all works right. Look at that. Okay. So let's turn off though. Hey, Eric T. Red, What's up, Oz? Put everybody's things up on the screen. Uh, by the way, Anthony Malecki, thank you so much for the $10 Rockfin uh, Super Ray yeah, bro. tonight. really appreciate that. Reef definitely can oh, use we an extra it. Little, bit of, little bit of weed money. Reef, you sound like really low. Are you far from the mic? or
1: um, like, I could be. Would you like me to get closer to the mic? Is it that might what you be that
0: like? or or it could potentially be that I have you turned out in my Discord so I can't hear you as loudly
1: as everybody, but
0: uh, if everybody can't yeah, hear that also Reef would mean well, mean <clears throat> please let us know in chat and we'll turn, turn it up.
1: up. In, in Discord while you have an opportunity. Okay, um, well, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Because yep, that does mean it yep.
1: affects stream volume.
0: Sure. Okay. Hey, there you go. Yep. All right. Yeah. Now, we, now we're good. So, like I said, National Security Search Engine, according to Alan McLeod at Min Press News, who did some banger work here. Okay. Yeah, now, like him. Google's ranks are filled with CIA agents. Great. Hmm. Tell us something that we didn't know, but actually we, but this just confirms it. Again, Min Press News, good independent outlet. Um, they actually just launched their in for
1: the people at home a little bit, would you?
0: Sure, they just launched their first show with Lee Camp this mm. week.
1: There we go. So, was it the most controversial or at, I most censored it was or something like that?
0: One, of, one most censored show ever or something like that. Well, he's the most censored comedian. Just ask him. Um, again, mm. shout out to Lee. Lovely, lovely Camp. Good dude. So, Google, one of the largest and most influential organizations in the modern world, is filled with ex-CIA agents studying employment websites and databases. Main Press has ascertained that the Silicon Valley giant has recently hired dozens of professionals from the CIA in recent years. Mm. Moreover, oh. an inordinate number of these recruits work in highly politically sensitive fields, wielding considerable control over how its products work and what the world sees on its screens and in its search results. Mm. Yeah. Now,
1: He's been talked about for a minute.
0: Well, it was talked about at Facebook first, and now we're starting to look at yeah. Google, and we're seeing that it's info that it's a, a rampant issue across Silicon Valley. Um, so, mm-hmm. chief amongst these is the Trust and Safety Department, whose staff, uh, in the words of then the then Google Trust and Safety Vice President Christy, or yeah, Christy Canigallo, uh, decide what is content, what content is allowed on our platform. In other words, setting the rules of the Internet, determining what billions see and what they don't see. Before Google, she'd been mm. president of Obama's deputy White House chief. Of, she'd been president Obama's deputy White House chief of staff for implementation and is currently chief of staff for the Department of Homeland Security. So here you again, you're seeing, like K Street, this this pipeline, this back and forth between Silicon Valley and high level White House staff. And again, here's the right. article that Alan had written up about the people, the CIA agents that are deciding Facebook's content policy. This dude specifically, I know Jimmy Dore went on a whole rant about. And of course, yeah, this is talking about Mike Pompeo that we lied, we cheated, we stole, right? So many of the team yep. helping her make calls on on what should be allowed um, on platforms like YouTube are former CIA employees. For example, this person, Jacqu- Jacqueline Lepore. What did she do? She spent 10 years at CIA serving as a leading government expert on security challenges in South Asia and Middle East and the go-to writer of quickly needed papers for the U.S. president. She joined Google in 2017, currently a senior intelligence collection and trust and safety manager. So, again, she spent 10 years and three months right up till 2015. All right. Then she spent a couple of years in between doing other work. And I'm sure that if you went to her LinkedIn profile, you'd see it and then she ended up in global intelligence and intel at google. Hmm. Okay, again, and there are lists, there are names and profiles of people who again started at from google to apple but prior to that the CIA 2015, hmm. 2017. So about 2 years after they're leaving government service, they're now going into very high level private employment. Again, there is nothing in itself, that is nefarious about that, except that you never leave the CIA in truth. Okay, this guy spent eight years as a CIA officer, then in 2019, Google convinced him to leave to become senior manager of trust and safety. I mean, now you're just going right from the CIA to Google. Um, and a lot of times, they don't even necessarily stop working for the CIA. They just go liaise and they work for Google. I mean, this is what the Snowden thing was doing when he was at NSA. This is what Intel kind of right. does. Now, in this case, again, this is CIA, so they weren't <clears throat> operating domestically. But they could have been working out of Virginia, potentially. I don't know. And see, he does say at the end here, again, so he goes through all these people. So already we've we've gone through four or five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, and here's another one. 12-year political, and leadership analyst left the agency 2019 to take the job as the intelligence analyst lead in trust and safety at YouTube. She's deciding that our content is not worthy. Thank you, Michelle. Yep. Thank you. We're not worthy. Apparently our content is not. So Allen says, the problem with former CIA agents becoming the arbiters of what is true and what is false and what should be promoted and what shouldn't be deleted is that they cut their teeth at a notorious organization whose job it is to inject lies and false information into the public discourse to further the goals of the national security state. John Stockwell, former head of CIA task force, explained on camera how this organization infiltrated media or departments the world over created fake newspapers and news agencies, and planted fake news about Washington's enemies. He said, I had propagandists all over the world, adding, quote, we pumped dozens of stories about Cuban atrocities, Cuban rapists to the media. We ran fake photographs and made almost every newspaper in the country. We didn't know one single atrocity committed by the Cubans. It was pure, raw, false propaganda to create an illusion of communists eating babies for breakfast. Like, literally. And the video was here. And
1: who... Who's this guy again? I keep, I always he's forget a former his name.
0: CIA agent John Stockwell. Jimmy Dore is, again John has Stockwell. also had him on stream. So a lot of people have shown this video. It's pretty famous and it's been all over YouTube. Um yeah. It's so it's about 6 minutes long. I I don't want to show the whole thing. Um so he says so this continues to this day, right? The CIA promoting like the Havana syndrome that has been now proven to be false mm-hmm. and of course Echo Sphere, the first song that you heard tonight is literally the sound that they had played from the Havana syndrome, slowed down and then sped up uh you know for, first he he broke it down and then he sped it up. Jesse's incredible, man. Jesse Jet, if If you haven't gone there yet, please take two seconds. Go to JesseJet.Bandcamp.com. Open up a new tab in your browser. Don't leave this one. But go to JesseJet.Bandcamp.com and download the grift. And and specifically, Echosphere. Okay, listen to, uh, of course, everybody's talking about Powerless and the the new video that's out for Powerless. We can talk about all this later. But Mike Pompeo, Senior Director of the former CIA, right? Admitted as much in 2019. We lied, we cheated, we stole. Right? We were told not to lie, cheat, or steal, but as a CIA Director, we had entire training course on how to do it. Surprise, surprise. So... All this is to say nothing about the coup attempts on foreign governments, the drug and weapon smuggling around the world, uh, and the worldwide network of black sites where thousands are tortured. Okay, furthermore, many of the CXAIA employees listed participated in some of the worst crimes against humanity of the 21st century, the invasions of Afghanistan and Iraq, and are clearly proud of it. So while there is admittedly a limited pool of qualified people for roles in cybersecurity, it's wholly inappropriate that Google is employing so many spooks to run their most sensitive, influential operations. It's practically like handing it over to the government in some ways. Uh, and it is especially yeah. troubling that so many of the individuals mentioned throughout were plucked directly from the CIA to work at Google, a fact that suggests that either Google is actively recruiting from the intelligence services, or that there is some sort of backroom deal between Silicon Valley and the national security state. I would suggest that it's probably the former over the latter, but with the contracts that Google has in place with the government it's highly possible that it's quite, that it's both as well. Why not both, right? So Elizabeth Murray, a retired intelligence agent who spent 27 years at the CIA and other intelligence organizations explained how Google might benefit from hiring former spies. Oh, by snagging a CIA employee, a company can save a considerable sum, she's told Min Press, noting that these individuals have been highly trained and likely have a security clearance, something that's exceptionally difficult to attain in civilian organizations. In terms mm-hmm. of benefit to the CIA, a CIA officer could spend several years acquiring a unique set of skills at a social media conglomerate then return to the agency, parlaying their newly acquired expertise to the benefit of the agency. <clears throat> now,
1: I mean he has a particular set of skills. That's a that particular you. set of skills. We'll find you cat memes on that, Google. Like
0: <laughs> well, no, we we know how to <laughs> uh, how to impart censorship and and have meme wars. Yeah. I import you meme on wars. A meme war. You will never survive. Okay. So,
1: Liam Neeson's,
0: right? So um, even if there is nothing explicitly nefarious about this relationship, and so far there is not... Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. Yes. Even you know, if there ahead. is nothing explicitly nefarious, that alone, that alone, like, yeah, yeah, this relationship with Google and the CIA couldn't be explicitly nefarious. What? What? Okay, keep, continue, sorry. Well, the, the Just problem, me that the, sentence. The
0: problem is, is that it does on the surface you can they can contest that it is on the up and up in whatever sure way they want to do so for sure
1: so yeah
0: again that is a funny sentence it still means that google will start the thing like and see problems the same way that the cia does and that is accurate google has become immensely powerful transforming itself into a behemoth that dominates online communication commerce information gathering, entertainment, and more. In previous articles in this series, he's detailed how Twitter hired dozens of individuals from the FBI, and Facebook is awash with CIA agents, and how NATO has gained a huge presence in TikTok's upper ranks, and how a hawkish war planner from the Atlantic Council was mysteriously appointed to become Reddit's director of policy. But Google's
1: different. Uh, Oh, yep.
0: You can ignore or choose to not use those other platforms, Google, on the other hand, is far too big to (laughs) escape from. So, an inordinate amount of Google's intelligence and security teams appear to come from the intelligence and security services. These include the following individuals, and he names names, and I don't necessarily want to out these people one by one. You can go to the article and go through them but you can see there are a substantial amount and you can see their LinkedIn profiles and these things are public and you can see who they are and what they're up to and what they're all about and where they come from and what then the connections that he's drawing again (laughs) I don't want to again they're public so it's it I wouldn't consider it you know I, I don't know but read the article. That's all I can say. Alan does tremendous work, and I do want to give. I want to get more people going to Min Press to read this article. Uh, Refew my drop, them, drop the link in the chat if you haven't already. But um, um, I have to go find oh, that. Uh, here. Here, let me drop it to you on Discord real quick. That works. works here. <clears throat> so, so he's. Uh, like, so what he's, so what he's saying again is How that. Professional background of so many of its security and risk management staff may go a long way to explaining why Google seems focused on countering threats from enemy states of the United States. Um, the company's threat analysis blog is full of published reports about state-backed efforts from Iran, North Korea, Russia, and China to influence this platform, but it never seems to, defect, to detect any nefarious activities from the U.S. government because we—how how could they? Aren't Aren't we perfect? So— Yeah, right. This is despite the fact that the United States is carrying out, oh, yeah, the largest and most extensive attempt in history to manipulate the internet. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah, a long expose in Newsweek last year detailed how the Pentagon alone fields a clandestine army of at least 60,000 individuals whose job it is to run to ruthlessly run national security state propaganda campaigns online. NAFO, NAFO, um. Calling it the largest undercover force the world has ever known, the exposé a- explained that these are the cutting-edge cyber fighters and intelligence collectors who assume false personas online, employing non-attribution and misattribution techniques, lies, to hide the who and the where of their online presence. Fucking trolls. Uh-oh. While they search for high value targets and collect what is called publicly accessible information, basically scrolling somebody's timeline on Twitter, or even engage in new ca- in campaigns to influence or manipulate social media. Maybe even looking at their the LinkedIn said, profile. Hmm.
1: The, Interesting. the um the way you said the lies and stuff, it reminded me of Carlin a little bit. Lies, lies.
0: Like. Oh wow. <laughs> that just that just that was a bit my, go
1: go back up a little bit. What do they heart. call so, it? What go back up, like keep scrolling and stop? You were like non attribution and misattribution, otherwise known as lies. Like it <laughs> was very Carlin esque the way oh. you like threw that in there.
0: That's homage to the king. But, uh, yeah. okay. So here is the article that Alan had published about the FBI agents. And at some point, if you're ever listening, Alan, man, you Love your work and would love to talk to you sometime. But a spook Reserve. in every department. Google employs CIA agents in a myriad of departments, um, a selection of which includes, okay, we've got this guy, chief of operations room. at CIA. Now he's in risk a risk lead in workforce solutions for Google. Very nondescript. Perfect for a CIA agent. Okay, Nicole uh Menkoff, okay again and again i don't want to go through name by name by name here's candace and she was again 16 years at the cia just got to executive communications manager at google again nondescript titles easy to disappear but this is what they do okay um one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and there's Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Nice to meet you. Okay. Well, she just got to Google. Congratulations on your new job. Uh, she used to work at Amazon. Oh, before that, she spent oh only about four months at the CIA as a software intern. That's four months. Well, that's honestly that's. She did some cool stuff at the CIA in 2016, but then she moved sure. over to Amazon, where she spent over five years. Where she spent almost four
1: years. <clears throat> she okay. did some cool stuff. Wait, she what do they go? Did to... Some cool stuff. What? Some cool stuff. Some cool stuff. It's, okay. It's literally that's literally how they, they, they. put
0: that. Ooh, Wayfair too, good stuff. Wow, like... she got some pretty good internships. Okay, so when she running for Congress? Because I. Haven't seen that before. Okay, sorry. I'm I'm I'm
1: skipping ahead. Why Wayfair, too? Why Wayfair? Oh, Wayfair? Why? Well they was... also like <laughs> didn't like QAnon also go after Wayfair forever? Um Um Because yeah. like they were hiding children I, in cabinets or something? I I
0: I I supposedly
1: for seventy nine thousand dollars. Yep, that was
0: a type a typo, yeah. quote unquote. Okay. Yeah, remember that?
1: Just making sure, making sure, probably that intern that did it, right?
0: Right. Um, So, again, it is clear that former CIA personnel are deeply embedded within the Silicon Valley giant. Of course, Google is a huge company with thousands of employees. It could therefore be argued that it's unsurprising that any number of former national security state agents would work for it, especially those who have hmm. the rare and highly developed skills necessary to preside over user privacy and safety. But this yeah. tolerance of spooks in the ranks is not applied evenly. The study could find no examples of former agents of the SVR, the SEBIN, or the Ministry of Defense, <laughs> the CIA's Russian, Venezuelan, or Iranian equivalents working at Google. Indeed, the very idea seems absurd. Yet dozens of Google employees casually note on public websites that they work for the CIA and appear that to see uh, to see <laughs> that as entirely unproblematic. Therefore, this relationship right. is, at best, inappropriate, and at worst, a U.S. government power play to control cyberspace. Mm. Google users frequently say they want more agency over their data, but the only agency they get is the central intelligence. This, cop. Yeah, I
1: like Damn! Oh, God.
0: oh, dude, Alan, with the Ma- knockout with we... the people's elbow. Okay, so next, we got <laughs> Google nurtured by the CIA, which... He goes mm. into the history of just exactly how intertwined these two organizations are, right? So in their 2013 book, The New Digital Age, then Google CEO Eric Schmidt and director of Google Ideas Jared Cohen wrote about how companies like theirs were fast becoming the U.S. empire's most potent weapon in retaining Washington's control over the modern world. As they said, part of the defining freedom of information and expression in, in the future will entail a new element of military aid training will include technical assistance and infrastructural support in lieu of tanks and tear gas, though the latter will probably remain part of the arrangement. What Lockheed Martin wants to the 20th century, technology and cybersecurity companies will be to the 21st. And that, again, is a quote from Eric Schmidt, I believe. Excuse me. The prediction has turned out to be correct, to be accurate, but few people Know that Google, from its very inception, was fundamentally intertwined with the CIA. As journalist Nafiz Ahmed's investigation found, the CIA and NSA were bankrolling Stanford PhD student Sergey Brin's research, work that they would later produce. That work that would later produce Google. Not only that, but in Ahmed's words, senior U.S. intelligence representatives, including a CIA official, oversaw the evolution of Google in this pre-launch phase all the way until the company was ready to be officially founded. He concluded that, quote, United States intelligence Hmm. community funded, nurtured, and incubated Google as part of a drive to dominate the world through control of information. Seed funded by the NSA and CIA, Google was merely the first among a plethora plethora, of private sector startups co-opted by U.S. intelligence to retain information superiority. Damn. And then here's how the CIA made Google. Hey, how about that? So then mm-hmm. he says, as of late 2005, in Qtel, which was the CIA's venture capitalist arm, it was a yep. major shareholder in Google. The These shares were a result right. of Google's acquisition of Keyhole <laughs> Inc., a key-backed surveillance firm whose, whose software eventually became Google Earth. By 2007, Google was selling the government-enhanced versions of Google Earth that it was using for targeting in Iraq As well as secret search engines That spy agencies were using for surveillance According to the Washington Post By this time the post also notes Google was partnering with Lockheed Martin To produce futuristic mm. technology For the military Like robot fucking dogs Yep <laughs> As Steve and Our friend over at Slow Newsday Says oh lord please get me An EMP gun for Christmas in the 21st century, mm-hmm. warfare is more than just bullets and tanks, but Google's attempts to feed through the feed from the trough of the military-industrial complex have proven controversial. It faced in 2018, it faced an employee rebellion after securing Pentagon funding for a project designing lethal weaponry systems. That same year, the company dropped its long-standing motto don't be evil. Hmm. Since then, it has also become a huge CIA contractor. In twenty twenty, it secured part of a CIA cloud services contract reportedly worth quote tens of billions of dollars. Ooh mm. gosh, it makes me wanna put my thumb and pinky up to my Doctor Evil fucking look right there.
1: Therefore, this, while the this company
0: thing? Yep, one of those, thank you. Ooh. You're welcome. For the longest time, presented itself as a group of outsiders attempting to make the world a better place from the very start. It has been closely connected with the halls of power. Indeed, in 2016, the Google Transparency Project identified at least 258 examples of a revolving door between Google and various branches of the federal government as individuals move from one to the other. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Eric Schmidt. And Jared Cohen are two of these examples. Schmidt was chairman of both the National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence and the Defense Innovation and Advisory Board. Bodies created to help Silicon Valley assist the U.S. military with cyber weapons. We talked about that before when we talked about our friend Reed Hoffman. Meanwhile, Cohen left, meanwhile, Cohen left as his high-power job. He left his high-power job at the State Department to work for Google. Schmidt had served as an advisor, particularly on the Middle East, to both secretaries of state Condoleezza Rice and Hillary Clinton. He even participated in an unsuccessful 2009 regime change attempt in in Iran, successfully pressuring Twitter uh, to maintain services to the country during a U.S.-backed uprising aimed at toppling the government, and I believe taking down Ahmadinejad was the guy's name. And they turned him—they basically gave him the Putin treatment. He's Hitler. He's the worst guy ever. He's torturing. He's gassing. He's invading. He's this. We have to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. Okay, again, this is really important and the most important part of the article. While this article is not trying to claim that any of the individuals named are nefarious CIA plants— The way in which Google and the CIA have worked so closely together raises national security questions for all other nations, especially those attempting to pursue foreign policies independent of the United States. Ultimately, the line between Big Tech and Big Brother has been blurred beyond recognition. That is the most important part of this, is that none of these people are being implicated specifically as doing anything nefarious or wrong. The problem is, is that there is a pattern and there is a connection and there are conversations that occur between former and current coworkers, In spite of secrecy, in spite of all of this nonsense that we all sign, we all talk. Uh-huh. So, Murray also warned that his hand-in-hand relationship also endangers individual freedoms, meaning that the CIA-Google connection should worry everybody. All of this threatens individual rights to privacy, free speech, freedom of expression. Once they have your data, the U.S. government can use it against you at any time. It's really quite frightening. Yeah. We know. Thanks.
1: We've mm-hmm. seen
0: them really operating under that model, and so has Alan for that matter. You know, he's had his PayPal and his Venmo shut down. So has Mid-Press. Um Thousands of dollars stolen or frozen and made all kinds of things difficult and Again, republic mid Press is free to republish with non-attribution uh, Creative Commons Creative Commons attribution non-commercial. So again, uh, international <laughs> share alike. <laughs> Big fan of Alan McLeod. He also worked. He also writes for Fair. Nice. That's a nice one. Okay, and again, see these are some of our friends who are over at Google now. Thank you so much. Um, so. Let's go back and say, hey, what's up, everybody? All right, chat. Oh, we're popping off. Wow, we got a couple dozen people here. What's up, everybody? Okay, so we got Eric. We got Oz. We got Human Love. Pittsburgh dude, are you going to tell me Intel is connected to the intelligence community?
1: No, <laughs> unfortunately, yes.
0: Intel? No. I would never tell you no. that Intel is part of NQT. NVIDIA couldn't Intel. Okay, also so-
1: possibly...
0: Let, let, let's, connected Let's start back to the beginning Childeros Toros Say hey, what's up Welcome welcome again Eric Hi what's up Thank up you, Eric. Uh, We got a couple of new donations this week Lula <laughs> left us thank you so much for the Kofi also Aww. I want to say thank you for Appreciate that Appreciate it uh, Oz what's up E Heller I smell bacon Barry uh, C.I. C- Barry yes Barry uh, Anthony Malecki she looks like your daughter's cousin. Uh, okay. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Yes. Oh, uh, hey, is this Big Man Crap? Hey, okay. I think this is somebody else. Somebody else took over. A- did, did DNC Frank take over <laughs> Big Mac Crap's profile? Come on, dude. Frank, get out of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, Oz is a little gassy, apparently. All right. Um. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a link to the mid-press article. And, yeah, the acceptable number of CIA agents inside Google is would be zero. Um, oh, Misty, Free Asage. Free Asage Misty's here. What's up, Misty? Love you, Misty. So glad you're here. What's going on? This is awesome. I love having everybody here. Wow, a lot of people popping off the mm-hmm. chat. This is so cool. Yep, X, what's going on? How are you? So glad July is almost over. What a terrible month for everybody. <laughs> Although I started a new job, I will say, and things are going pretty well um, for me personally there, there's been tons of stuff happening, and look, today, how many like, legends, Nichelle Nichols and, um, Bill Russell, he's another legendary organizer um, again, 87, 89 years old, live long prosper, that's right, Nichelle Nichols, for sure Mm -hmm. um, okay so, now I need to switch to our slideshow whoop, for the rest of this and you can hopefully still see the full screen, right, Reef? Yes, sir. Nice. Okay. And now we're gonna go turn slideshow on, and we're gonna go to Indie Main. Boom! Hey, it worked. Okay. Yeah. And this was the lovely, wonderful th- thumbnail that uh, that Indie here made for for everybody tonight. Shout out to Crab every other week for making my my thumbnails. He's moving. Everybody has a good place to live. Look up at Big Mad Crab. In the New York area. So this is going to get a little interesting. and We're going to have a conversation here that I'm not really sure I was wanted to have or to cover this article or what I wanted to do with it, but I think it's important to at least talk about it. So we're going to. <laughs> My show. Sharon Zhang, Truth Out. Again, all star team member. One of the best. One of my favorites. Someone who I actually reached out to and thanked personally for like all the great articles that she provides for us to read and to go through and great insight, like a real mm-hmm. lefty. So gun makers have made a billion dollars from assault weapon sales over the past decade. That's that's a lot of money. Okay. So here's here's our Getty Images, and shout out to Getty Images. They don't get enough credit, but they publish some pretty sick pictures. They also narrative manage quite a bit. But shout out to Getty Images. How are you guys? Mm -hmm. We see you. Major gun companies that manufacture the weapons behind many mass shootings made over $1 billion in revenue over 10 years, selling hundreds of thousands of assault weapons to the public each year, according to a new report from House investigators released on Wednesday. So... This is coming directly from the House representative, so that means that there is likely an agenda. House Oversight Committee reports finds that five major manufacturers collected this revenue solely from the sales of military-style assault weapons to civilians like AR-15-style semi-automatic guns. AR-15-style semi-automatic weapons are the gun of choice for many mass shooters, including the gunman responsible for the recent massacre in Uvalde, Texas. Yep. Here is the press release and the report coming ahead of the hearing that happened (laughs) by Chairwoman Carolyn Maloney, uh, House Committee on Oversight and Reform. So this, again, is heavily agenda-laden. I just thought it was interesting. And maybe let's, let's talk about some of the talking points and see what we can do with them. Mm-hmm. How much are the lives of America's children, teachers, parents, and families worth to gun manufacturers? Of course, Carolyn Maloney said in a statement, these companies are selling mm-hmm. the weapon of choice for mass murderers who terrorize young children at school, hunt down worshippers of churches and synagogues, and slaughter families on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. In short, the gun industry is profiting off the blood of innocent Americans. And again, it's quite hard to argue with that statement,
1: but I think that it's quite... It's definitely- lots of rhetorical shit in there
0: and rhetorical and really
1: proved completely Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) no lawmakers finders are based on letters sent to manufacturers daniel defense smith and wesson brands sturm ruger Mm -hmm. sig Sauer, and bushmaster firearms industries who they say use quote disturbing sales tactics to martin to market their products to young men here's Mm -hmm. where we start to get into some issues Materials obtained by the committee show how sellers tout assault rifles' military pedigree while manufacturers make sly references to violent white supremacists like the Boogaloo Boys, lawmakers wrote. Now, the article that links to—and I'm going to stop there for a second because I want to challenge that a little bit. And again, I'm not going to say that the Boogaloo Boys are or are not white supremacists. We know of one who is most certainly not— they the article, the article you know about the other ones, right? The article well, most certainly makes heavy reference to the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters and uh mm-hmm. the Patriot Front, which is the really the FBI, but okay, the yeah, Fed Front, yeah, yeah, the Fed Front. Um, but they are also on the The DNC side of the January 6th perspective of what happened and where everybody stands and basically everybody who was anywhere close to that is probably connected to a white supremacist somehow, I think is really kind of the insinuation here. And I think that that's really dangerous and wrong. So I wanted to stop right there, but. Uh, but there are a ton of violent white supremacists and these do make some make sly references. However, it's not the boogaloo boys that they're doing. It's they're making references to the proud boys and Patriot front and not necessarily boats. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so we should have just had them correct that. And I'm, I'm even going to probably reach out to Sharon. I'm sure she'll watch this sh this segment, maybe, you know, not too many people cover her articles. Unfortunately, everybody really should. I think that she does a phenomenal job. Um, And again, everybody's entitled to disagree with some stuff, but I love that she puts it out there and she's got fact-based stuff. And again, this is really defending a DNC talking point grandstanding, in my opinion, that's trying to do something about a problem that they know that there's nothing they can do anything about in this election cycle, nor are they going to, even if they could. And they can. It's mainly fear-mongering. Right. Basically. So it's okay. So these companies made the guns behind a slew of mass shootings. The report, of course, says, and that such weapons can often be purchased on credit with Daniel Defense bragging that financing is approved in seconds. Right. And again, it should not be as easy to get these. But. I think that this is. Okay, so Daniel Defense again, whose revenue from AR-15 style weapons tripled from 40 million to 120 million dollars between 2019 and 2021. Basically, since COVID started, and since the 2020 election cycle happened, and there was the possibility that Trump could potentially lose, and a lot of the people that would be buying these weapons started ramping up. They made the rifle that was. Used to kill the 19 children and two teachers at Rob Elementary in Uvalde. Mm-hmm. Investigators also found that the shooter who carried out the most the deadliest mass shooting in modern in modern history, the 2017 shooting in Las Vegas at the concert, had four Daniel Defense manufactured guns in his collection. Yep. <clears throat> Smith and Wesson, which was the largest largest manufacturer of rifles in the U.S. in 2020 sold the assault weapons used in the mass shootings in Highland Park, Illinois, earlier this month, the 2018 massacre at, at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, oh. and the 2015 sh- uh, shooting at a social services center in San Bernardino, California. The company more than doubled its revenue from all long guns, including AR-15-style rifles, between 2019 and 2020, from 108 million to 253 million, and I would say that the majority of that revenue increase is coming from U.S. sales. Would you agree with me, sir?
1: Uh, probably. Yeah, <clears throat> there's definitely some outside of it, but sure.
0: But I would say the majority um, of it now. Sig Sauer, which did not disclose its revenue, sold the assault weapon which was used at the Pulse nightclub in 2016. Florida, nation's second deadliest shooting in modern fall. history. Uh, it also sold three of the weapons that were used by the 2017 shooter in Vegas. Sterling yeah, mean, and company.
1: Company, yeah.
0: Larger, largest uh, rifle maker in the U.S. Go ahead.
1: Well, it's... It, it's I, I think it's the, it definitely focuses on AR-15 style stuff here, but, you know, the, the inner gun nut in my head is going like, yeah, it's a common platform because the military used it forever. So it's it's like a Jeep. Everyone knows how to like fix one cuz it's like basic and everyone worked on it forever. So it's like that's why people use ARs. Yeah. It's because they they have the the most aftermarket stuff. They have the easiest things to fix them with. Like you know.
0: Make your own apparently, you can make your own, like you make your own stuff. Yeah.
1: Yep. Like okay, you you make your lower and your upper like you know, and, and these companies all kind of, like, make very similar p- parts and stuff and put them together as a kit, you know, like with, with Daniel Defense, right? You, you buy a whole platform, you know, mm-hmm. yep. you still got to put a $600 optic and, you know, lights and all that stuff on it. But,
0: but you can do it on credit, apparently. Fine. So, Stern Ruger, the largest yep. mat- rifle maker in the U.S., made the That's AR-15 fun. style rifle and pistols that were used in mass shootings at a supermarket in Boulder in 2021 at a church in Sutherland Springs, Texas in 2017, which was the deadliest shooting in Texas at the time. Ruger's gross earnings from AR-15 style rifles nearly tripled between 2019 and 2021 from $39 million to $103 million. We always say follow the money, and there's a reason why. Um, and i uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this story. But finally, Bushmaster, which claimed it couldn't report its revenue because it was recently bought by another company, made the gun that a white supremacist used to kill 10 people and injure others in May at a supermarket in a majority black neighborhood in, a, in Buffalo. A Bushmaster assault weapon was also used in the mass shooting in Newtown. Um,
1: in Sandy Hook. Which is the deadliest school shooting yeah. in U.S. history. I also feel like they're not focusing much on like handgun stuff.
0: Well, here in this case, no, they're specifically focused on the makers of the assu- yeah, AR-15 the, the, style, the AR-15 right. style assault weapons, which over a- the past a- decade has generated a, a billion dollars a- of revenue.
1: Kill more people. Right. I don't, I don't really. know if
0: you're okay. Are we going to get the DMCA on somewhere? Okay. Yeah. How would that be a DMCA, sir? I don't know. I don't know if you're allowed to even do that. But okay, that's cool. Yeah, Yeah, but it wouldn't be a DMCA. Right. Uh, Um, The manufacturers, anyway, all say that they have no way to collect and report safety data, including deaths or injuries related to their products, of course. Bushmaster went so far as to say it was, quote, aware of no such deaths or injuries due to its recent acquisition by another brand. Really? 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 (laughs) (laughs) These spikes in revenues yeah, following PR team long-standing not doing well there. what?
1: Their PR PR team not doing well there. Yeah,
0: that's like again, that's literally like like Texaco or Shell, who is right now fighting, who was fighting Donziger for years, saying, "Well, because yeah. we bought Texaco, well, what? technically we're not responsible for it." Well, actually, no. Once you acquire them, you right. acquire all of their debts and all their receipts too. So again, these spikes in revenues follow long-standing trends following the gun. Gun sales peak following civil unrest, elections, and mass shootings. Gun manufacturers not only acknowledge these patterns, but also market them as sales opportunities to investors, the report says. Whoa.
1: Right. The
0: report was released before an oversight committee hearing on the role of gun manufacturers in gun violence in the U.S., one of a series of hearings by the group to investigate the gun violence epidemic. We need to do something. We absolutely need to do something. I don't know what the answer is sure. i don't
1: i don't think anybody knows uh, either in poverty in um, poverty and help mental health that that, would, that the would go a long board. way
0: that would go a long way yes yeah. but that would take a while uh it comes as lawmakers are considering I mean, an assault weapons ban okay which recently passed a committee vote in the house uh data shows that assault weapons are effective in preventing gun violence um <clears throat> research has found that after Bill Clinton signed the assault weapons ban in 1994. Mass shootings and gun deaths fell precipitously in the 10 years that the ban was active. But thanks to George W. Bush and the clowns that were there then, after they allowed it to end in 2004, mass shootings and gun deaths both roughly doubled. Hmm. How about that? So, Mm -hmm. um, this definitely had an angle and a bias to it, for sure. Um, Yep. And again, we want to be aware of the biases that are out there and what people are talking about. um, Yeah, they're making a ton of money off this and marketing to a certain demographic of young white males primarily, I would say, are the bulk of buyers of these weapons, at least in the United States, because they're being marketed to them in the mega crowd. Yeah. Women too, but not nearly as met much because it's it's a testosterone-laden thing really. They they play into balls over brains, I would call it all day long. Um mm. and they get these guys all you know, look propagandized through movies and video games. In a way, you know, and again, I'm not like one of these video games are influencing our children. and That's not what I'm talking about. But they're the movies they start handling these these type of things in the games, it becomes more mm-hmm. familiar in when they actually do handle it. It becomes <clears throat> smoother.
1: Um I mean no it requires doing the actions.
0: Yes then rather than pushing pushing buttons yes right. but familiar with the terminology with the technology with the way that it gets assembled uh with the add-on sure. kits with all the other things that happen mm-hmm. in those games to um what's the word i'm looking for uh, um to make it to to make it cool to kids
1: more familiar um you know not just
0: more familiar but but to give it a factor of of you've got to have We've this always because
1: it's kind of cool. been doing that I mean they went back you can go back to the 50s and 60s where they are uh, you know uh little cowboy guns and all that stuff like they've been doing it for a minute you know yep no like, i
0: know and again it's not it's 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 not video games exclusively they are yeah. certainly doing it there they're doing it freaking at nascar they're sponsoring nascar mm-hmm. and they're propagandizing people while they're there and they're having all these different events and tents and you know marketing. why
1: it's because in the end of the world people want gunpowder like you know like they're worried about what comes after like <clears throat> a lot of people who are purchasing right now i mean that's gun uh, gun purchases go way up when like other gun violence is happening Because people think the only way to deal with them is with another one, you know? So, weirdly enough. And if you mention, God forbid you mention a ban, because then everyone goes and buys them. Like, before the ban happens. Pretty much.
0: You want to run up gun sales, you say that you're going to ban them.
1: mm
0: -hmm. Yep. And there's burger time. That's right, Mm -hmm. that's right, E. Heller. Um, I believe that that there was there was a bacon in burger time. Hey, how about
1: that? Hey, all
0: right. So mm-hmm. I got a couple more stories. Let's move on. Okay.
1: All the surgery simulators I play haven't made me want to be a surgeon. This you know? one is
0: not. This one is yeah. Well, operation. Come on, operation. Certainly, right. like you knew you didn't have a steady hand, and that just wasn't for me. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I I will admit that. Okay. Report details abusive eviction tactics by corporate landlords during the height of the pandemic. Isn't that nice? Wait, didn't we have an eviction moratorium? Yeah. Uh, something like that. So this is from our friends over at Common Dreams, Julie Conley. Again, another all-star team member. They're amazing publication. Go hook them up. Uh, for five bucks a month, you can subscribe and become like a subscribing member, get premium content. But Just support them just because they're good, and we need more reporting like this. So, these firms, as we know, are buying up a lot of housing, and they're particularly buying up housing in places that have relatively weak tenant protections, and I don't think that is coincidental. Surprise, surprise. So, eviction is violence. Yes. So, four large corporate landlords... Filed nearly 15,000 eviction actions in the first 16 months of the pandemic, with some executives and property managers engaging in harassment and deception of their tenants and deliberately inflicting cruelty on people who had been unable to pay their rent.
1: Why is it four large corporate? Land? It just seems like two really, like four really big fat guys that well, own the land.
0: It's basically <clears throat> the U.S. House Select yeah. Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis released a new report Thursday following a year-long investigation into the eviction practices of Predium Partners, Invitation Homes, Ventron Management, and the Siegel Group, all of which were thriving financially when the committee began examining its practices. Hmm. Quote, As countless Americans acted admirably to support their communities during the coronavirus crisis, the four landlord companies investigated by the select, committee, select subcommittee Evicted aggressively to pad their profits. Great. Right. Predium was investing in a major expansion when the committee, led by Chair James Clyburn, launched its investigation in July 2021 while, inv- while invitation was reporting record profits and both Siegel and Ventron had received more than two million dollars in PPP funds which they were not required to pay back. Of course. Despite their financial well being, publicly available data at the time showed that the four companies had filed a total of a combined total of 5,413 eviction cases between March 2020 and July 2021. A total that was dwarfed by the number of the committee that the committee uncovered when it analyzed more than 50,000 pages of documents and held numerous meetings with company representatives. The committee Uh began its investigation. Following reports that corporate landlords were not complying with federal eviction moratorium put in place during the pandemic and, rent, and with rental assistance programs. Hmm. I know somebody in this chat that was uh, that was yelling at a congressperson about, what about the 10%? I believe What
1: about that, that
0: 10%? I believe that we're talking about some of the people who were in that 10% in addition to people who were not in that 10%. Quote, yep. as countless Americans acted admirably, like we said, to support their communities, these four landlord companies investigated, evicted aggressively, pad their profits. Okay, the, the panel revealed the true number of evictions was three times higher than previously known. Hmm. While the abusive eviction practices documented in this report be con, con, condemnable under any circumstances, they are unconscionable during a a once-in-a-century economic and public health crisis. Now, again, woke scolded by Jim Clyburn. How bad Mm -hmm. do you have to be? He's like the worst corporate lobbyist suck-up, and he's making you look like clowns. Rather than working with cost burdened tenants, abiding by applicable eviction moratoriums, and accepting federal rental assistance, these companies, with properties across 28 states, Expedited evictions above all else. How much do you want to bet that these four rental companies will find donations into Jim Clyburn's coffers over the next
1: six years? Yep.
0: And he will Five be bucks. Hmm, more and more gradually quiet about what their practices are. Uh, that's, that's just how this works, guys. The report detailed numerous abusive practices by the companies as they sought to force tenants out of their homes during the public health crisis which sent the unemployment rate skyrocketing in March 2020 and left millions of people struggling to afford rent and other necessities. Of course, you don't have yep. to tell us we were all there. The investigation's findings included, and this is really interesting. Executives attempts to bluff tenants out of their apartments by posting buildings in buildings a court order saying that the CDC lacked authority to impose the eviction moratorium, but leaving out the fact that the moratorium was still in effect while the case was being appealed.
1: Nice. Fuckers.
0: An executive's director said a property manager bring the court order to a tenant after 5 p.m. on a Friday so the courts and constable office are closed and she cannot call to verify anything, and so the company could, quote, see if she vacates over the weekend. Oh, garbage. Another one, a property manager's message to executives that he loved getting to say that this means the eviction may happen sooner than expected and seeing the look on their faces. And an executive's attempt to get rid of a tenant whose rent was passed due without obtaining an eviction order by ordering a property manager to call CPS to complain about them, an action that would have violated Texas criminal law Prohibiting false claim, false child abuse reports. Oh, I've definitely heard of that happening. In some instances, Jim Clymer had said the select subcommittee found that their abuses may have violated the law. Pay up, fuckers. That's what he's saying. Pay up. All right. So he has now referred the, the report's findings on Siegel's abuses to the appropriate federal and state government agencies for further investigation and potential enforcement action. And exactly how much light they get depends on how much pressure he decides to put on them afterwards, which again depends on exactly how much money ends up into his coffers. Let's call Jim Clyburn out for exactly what he is, folks. This is a shakedown right here. It's abuse, it's awful, it's exposing crime, it sucks. But Jim Clyburn's not doing it for any of those reasons. I'm sorry. No. The committee called on federal agencies in Congress to require states and localities to provide direct to tenant assistance to renters with landlords who refuse to cooperate with rental assistance programs, support state and local assistance infrastructure, and prioritize investigating deceptive or abusive practices used to expedite evictions. Again, I'm not saying the Republicans are good. Republicans are garbage as well. But Jim Clyburn is effectively, in a lot of ways, no different financially than a Republican. Peter Hepburn, a research fellow with Princeton University's Eviction Lab, told NPR that the committee's report likely only reveals the tip of the iceberg and that abuses by corporate landlords could be rampant across the country. Mm. All you have to do is talk to any of our friends... You can hear about all of these rampant abuses. Quote, these firms are buying up a lot of housing, and they're particularly buying up housing in places that have relatively weak tenant protections, like we said, and we don't think that that is coincidental.
1: Right. <clears throat> BlackRock and all those, damn right? Corporate
0: landlords should be illegal. I mean, I don't know why we allow corporations in general to purchase real estate for external rental use they want to they want to buy an apartment or buy a house for their employees to stay in that's fine they want to again own the property that their ceo sits on so that it's a ceo's residence that whoever is the ceo kind of like the president gets to live there fine that's kind of gross mm-hmm. but fine okay okay that's about as far as I want it to go. I don't want them being landlords, ever. There's no reason for them to be landlords for profit. It's
1: But, the <laughs> corporations
0: <laughs> yeah. are people, too. Yes, they are. Oh, Pittsburgh dude already beat you to it. Yep. <laughs> oh, so there T. Red. Corporations are people, my friend. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Fuck you, Mitt. Uh, okay. So, Shakedown Street used to be home to town. Yes, that's right. This is definitely Shakedown Street, 100%. Um, yep, <clears throat> Jim Clyburn's waiting, guys. He's got his knee. He's ready to hit the ground. Got um. This is this is gross. I mean, this is just an open signal to hey. Wow, okay. Um, so uh, to Warren because I'm gonna make you go a little blind here. Um, okay. everybody says uh, Kitty, and wash your knees So. And yes. um. I wanted to, this is our friend, our old friend, Kobe, uh, former INN member. He's kind of taking a break, but he wrote this up. I don't think he's on Twitter right now. I looked him up and at pro peace 97 was not, did not seem to have any followers or whatever, mm. but he wrote this up and I really thought it was important. And I liked the article that he wrote. So shout out to Kobe. If you're out there and you're watching, good to see you. Glad you're still writing. Um, but unions and co-ops is a means to dismantle modern-day wage slavery. Okay, Without the ability to collectively organize in the workplace, people don't have control over poverty wages, grueling work schedules, and ultimately their quality of life. Again, Captain Obvious kind of stuff, but again, I love that he wrote it and that he said it. Specific. Here's the Chicago Public Schools workers that were on strike. And here's a Chomsky quote. Well, I... I... Well, you know what, you, I'll, I'll let you do your, your Stone Chomsky since you've been hitting the
1: <clears> thing. <throat> well, I think, man, that what used to be called centuries ago, man, wage slavery is intolerable. And I don't think people ought to be forced to rent themselves in order to survive. I think that the economic institutions, man, ought to be run democratically by their participants, man. By the communities in which they exist, and so on. And I think basically through various kinds of free association and donuts. What?
0: Wait, oh that's still no you?
1: Chomsky. Okay, that's not that. That's not mm-hmm. the real Chomsky,
0: but close enough. Um <clears throat> Yep. And that was Noam Chomsky that says No this, me. Um No me. No me, no on me. four me. edibles. That's right. So This quote perfectly describes the fundamental central problem of American freedom and capitalism. Can people truly be free if their ability to provide their families with food, water, shelter, and health care, the basic necessities of modern life, are undemocratically controlled by wealthy millionaire, billionaire CEOs who can take it all away and throw them into poverty? Is this not a fundamentally problematic relationship, slavery with extra steps? Kind of. The answer, in his opinion, is yes the ideals of freedom and democracy though the ideals of freedom and democracy are often so often praised in America, it still hasn't translated into full workplace democracy. Even defining what that is can be difficult, but this article will be his attempt to try. So let's start with unions. Mm. On one hand, these are an improvement over a completely undemocratic workplace where workers have no control over their pay benefits or working conditions. Workers trapped in such a situation can band together with their co-workers, form a union, and demand improvements in these areas. Sounds perfect, right? Well, not quite. Even with unions, the hierarchical relationship between employers and workers is still in place. And with it comes the power struggle to actually achieve these improvements that the workers want. You can go on strike, but the bosses will try every trick in the book to prevent your success. Chipotle recently closed down a location as workers tried to unionize. Amazon called the police, fired workers, and spent $4.3 million on anti-union consultants. Starbucks even surveilled their workers to stop unionization momentum as over 100 stores unionized. And we've been covering a lot of those stories as well here on How Do We Miss That? These issues often intimidate workers away from even trying to collectively organize. Even if they're just barely scraping by with their low-wage jobs, how will they provide for themselves and their families if their employer retaliates? If a union's formed, but the employer res- refuses the contract demands, will they have enough money and strike funds to wait them out? Will they be fired and replaced with scabs willing to work for the unfair benefits? These issues demonstrate the flaws that remain if unionization succeeds. Like he said, that's the hierarchical relationship between employer and employee. That's the central issue. It's inherently unfair, exploitative, and power. Di- uh, it's a, it's an it's an inherently unfair, exploitative, power
1: dynamic or exploitive power dynamic. Yes, exploitative, exploit. Yes,
0: uh, unions are still good, and one hundred percent should be formed as much as possible in the current economy to give workers more democracy and better benefits. But is there an even better option that could someday be pursued on a mass scale? Well. He theorizes that in, that some form of co-op business structure could be the answer to dismantling that fundamentally exploitative uh, employer-employee relationship. Instead of a capitalist claiming all the power over their workers in the workplace because it was my idea or I'm the one who took the risk to make so I make the big decisions, imagine if the jobs were operated 100% democratically with any hierarchy being agreed on collectively by the workers who have equal ownership over the business and revocable by consensus decision-making. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> Ultimately, guaranteeing all people their necessities of life, pre-employment, and providing complete workplace democracy after are the keys to dismantling the kind of capitalist wealth inequality that allows the top 1% to have as much money as the bottom 90 While more than half the country live paycheck to paycheck, so long as the ownership class allowed to undemocratically force their workers into poverty-level wages and an unfairly oppressive work-life balance, wage slavery will continue to exist unabated.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So crazy how that works. Capitalism based based COVID scalable.
0: Good, good article. Yeah, I think so. Chrissy, Chris, INN in the house. A Puerto oh, Rican, Papi. We got INN all over this place. We got Crab. No me on Four Edibles. Mm-hmm. Is that right? No me. No me. Grateful Dead reference. Yes, there was a Grateful Dead reference. The Shakedown Street one was one. Yes, Crab. We're old. We are boomers halfway. Um, Speak for yourself. Oh, we got some kind of adult dating site chat bot coming here. Hey, now, add to the blacklist and restream chat. What up with that?
1: All right, user on this channel.
0: Okie doke Hey, now, you're an all-star. All right, so we got one more story, I believe, and it's a good one, actually. We're going to have a happy story, finally, to finish it out. Hmm. So, Massachusetts Trader Joe's workers Celebrate forming the company's first ever union Yay! Okie doke The best adult dating site That's right, Grab No, not this one, no Thank goodness for Massachusetts Trader Joe's employees But here we go Another A Zhang Banger That's what we're going to start calling these But this one actually was a really good one by Sharon Please don't No, I'm not going to what <laughs> <laughs> that was such a dad joke, such a dad move, yeah. Okay, uh, anyway, that's really funny. A jang banger, I had to say it again just to piss you off. All right, so Massachusetts Trader shows workers first ever union, yay! It's about freaking time. Mm-hmm. So, again, thank you to Getty Images for providing so many images to our world. Bottom line, Trader Joe's workers in Hadley, Massachusetts, have voted to become the first among the company's roughly 530 locations to unionize. Yay. Out of them. Workers voted 45 to 31. It was not easy to unionize, with slightly over half of the 81 employees eligible to vote casting a ballot for the union. Just over two months ago, the workers announced that they would be joining an independent union known as Trader Joe's United, Modeled after ALU's effort in New York and across the country, mm. well, this victory is historic but not a surprise. The union said in a statement, "Since the movement, we announced our campaign. Uh, since the moment we announced our campaign, a majority of the crew have enthusiastically supported our union, and despite the company's best efforts to bust us, our majority has never wavered." So, here's the letter that they put out from Trader Joe's United. Today, Trader Joe's Hadley became the first unionized Trader Joe's location. Again, historic, but not a surprise. Like I said, we we are inc- quote we are incredibly proud of the work we've done together to win the union election. This union election, but the winning is just the beginning. We now work to we now begin the difficult work of sitting down at the negotiating table as equals with our employer and securing a contract that will benefit and protect us, the crew, instead of the company's bottom line. There is no Trader Joe's without the crew. We must embrace this challenge head-on together and negotiate a contract that reflects the values Trader Joe's has long claimed to espouse. Our contract will not just mm. benefit us. We believe that our union, by improving our store and every store across the country, will strengthen Trader Joe's as a whole and help the company return to its core values. The first of which is integrity. But for tonight, we celebrate. Integrity. integrity. Tomorrow, every day after that, we'll be ready to sit down and negotiate. Trader Joe's, are you ready to join us? Give at Trader Joe's Unite a follow on Twitter if you haven't already. Proud of these guys. The union again says that it now looks forward to negotiating a first contract with the company. Similarly to the way the workers' union Efforts at Amazon, Starbucks, and REI have spread to other locations. Two other Trader Joe's locations have filed for union elections. In the past month, workers in Minneapolis and Boulder, Colorado, have filed for union representation, though the workers in Boulder are unionizing with the United Food and Commercial Workers, the UFCW. As with many of the other workers unionizing national chains massachusetts workers faced a union busting campaign from the company surprise surprise after they announced their union effort in may the company hired an anti-union law firm to pressure workers to vote against the union why would they do that trader joe's united has filed several unfair labor practice allegations against the company accusing management of illegal anti-union actions pro-union workers say that the worker that the company has removed public literature from the store's common area Restricted workers from discussing working conditions and pay, and prohibited wearing union insignia while on the job. Hmm. Workers also told the Huff Post this week that the company was telling workers not to vote for the union in captive audience meetings ahead of the election. Red hmm. flag. Creator Joe's United organizer Meg Yosef said that the company pulled her off the floor to talk about how difficult the union campaign has been on management. Hmm. How about working there? What? It was like anti-union law firm Little Littler Mendelssohn tried to make a lifetime movie, Yosef said. They were really trying to play to crew members' feelings of sympathy and pull at our heartstrings. The implication is Because it's been challenging for management, and a union could be challenging, we should vote no. How about no? Uh, Yeah. In response to the union vote, the company has claimed that it offers workers good benefits, compensation, and working conditions. I think that's up to the workers to determine. However, workers say that the supposedly progressive company has been steadily treating its employees worse over the years, with conditions especially deteriorating when the pandemic began in 2020. They say the company slashed retirement benefits and health care, while their wages have not increased, its cost of living has risen. Meanwhile, the company retracted hazard pay and increased benefits related to COVID-19 about a year into the pandemic, leaving workers feeling undervalued and endangered by exposure to the illness. My guess is that executive pay likely resumed to normal as well. Yeah. I don't have that. Um, that's speculation. I don't have that as a fact. That's my own personal feelings. Um, okay. I think. Is that it? That's it? I think so. Nice. All
1: right. That was
0: cool. We did it. We did the damn thing. All right. Mm-hmm. All right so let's check out some chat first unions then worker co-ops then full-blown socialism hell yeah chris lee jones all anti-union companies should be unionized uh yes crab was saying the best uh oh 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 eric doesn't think that they are the best dating site but oh what is yeah, how is this, that going 18 plus claim. well already one episode has been deemed 18 plus um
1: yep uh, it was my
0: fault usually one, but one of our episodes got flagged as adult somehow content. Rated MA talking about Massachusetts. That's right. <laughs> Look at you. Chatters United. Yep. Local 1312. Nice. Support unions. Ew, ew. Yep. Uh all this union stuff is hard on Joe. Yeah, it's it's very it's been very tough on Joe and his family. Trader Joe says that it's no. wage slaves are that, that it's wage slaves are well fed and happy. Uh yeah. that's great. Did Reef take it all off? What? No, he didn't shave his beard. What? What? Oh, no, so he must be that's blocked by happened. the microphone.
1: Yeah. There you that, go. that right there. There's some facial lettuce for you. Um yeah. facial I think, lettuce
0: gross. I th- yeah. And I do want to shout out. Mm-hmm it's been a while since I've shown anybody independent left news. I got rid of like doing that whole spiel in the beginning, but, uh, we are, Hey, look at that. That was, uh, that was my screw up. Now we saw it live. <laughs> we saw it on delay. Mm-hmm. So by the way, we are, like I said, streaming this, this show live on independent left news, but right at the top, this is the odyssey version of powerless by Jesse. What an amazing video that Joe put together.
1: Yeah. Um, getting shared around by a few people.
0: It's been played on a you bunch know, and, of shows. Um, I did
1: want to shout it out for a second yep. because
0: how it happened was Jesse made this incredible song, and we've been trying to really get some people to see it. And I and he said to me, you know, wouldn't it'd be really cool if Joe would like make a video out of that? And so I turned to Joe and said, hey, would you make a video for Jesse out of that? And he's like, oh shit, yeah. Two days later, we had this amazing, amazing cut, and. Yeah, it was. I I was, teary eyed when I first saw it, and I know Jesse was a welling ball of tears and gushy when he uh, when he first heard it and saw it, and he's like, it's just like a perfect depiction of visual of what I was trying to convey, and so definitely go check that out. Um, also in this in here, we got friends of any left. I have to update this now. We uh, I did talk to Franco on Friday from Frank Analysis. So there is a new episode nine of Friends of Indy left. There will be another one on Friday. I'm going to announce who that's going to be later on in the week. And then also I wanted to give a shout out, like I said, to our friends over at March for Medicare for All. So if you scroll down to the very first video on the slider for today's Independent Left News, you'll see the March for Medicare for All coverage from News to Share. And that's our friend Ford Fisher. And News to Share, by the way, was covering the March for Medicare for All live all weekend long. And I encourage everybody to go check out all of his streams and his summaries and everything. Again, he had six-hour-long streams. There were three-hour-long streams. He's got raw footage. He's got summaries. Um, He covered the zombie march on Capitol Hill. I know Courtney and Keisha, the Bank Sisters, were there as well. Savage Joy, Ricky, for organizing it all the credit in the world. You know, thank you for doing that Ford. Good for good, good job covering that. Uh, this, this is really important and actions like this do need to be covered and given light. And, uh, again, appreciate everybody checking out news to share, give them a, give them a sub. Um, also again, any left, go to any left news. Also at leftist. Not today. Uh, I'm going to be publishing the new, the next edition of, um, The new, you know, the news update, a six pack summary with all the links to find it on every platform. Same thing with Frank analysis to see the interview with Franco. You can watch that there. Okay. Um, But I did want to, again, shout out archive. If you go to the archive, that's the list historically of all of the articles that we publish. So these six packs look like this and the six pack will have a Jesse video. It'll have a tar read clip today. This was a great one that Turncoat Don had put together for Sabby Sabs, her interview with RoKana, And again, we do one of these usually about every day. We try to do it every day. It's been about every other day. have been kind of busy lately, but uh, definitely, again, subscribe. Leftist.today, that's our substack. And you can get around the algorithm. Subscribe via email. It's free. Um, finally, Rockfin's. Go to the Rockfin. Check out the Rockfin. Okay, this is Tara's Rockfin, but... Here we are on Rockfin right now live. Check out our channel. We've got 1,250 followers. Thank you so much to everybody who's following us on Rockfin. Rockfin.com slash IND left news. Follow us, hang out. And uh, again, you'll see all of our clips. You can see all of our live streams. And it's exclusive, you know, kind of, and it's all commercial free, ad free, by the way. No ads on Rockfin. And you can follow for free. So, um, I again want to uh, let's see this week. What do we have coming up? Monday, Tara's got a stream later yeah, on in the week. With... She's traveling to Chicago for a yeah. uh, an event that Jesse Jet will also be performing at the CPI Institute. Uh, what is that? The I don't even know, but it's it's um, Center
1: for Center
0: for something. Innovation, political innovation. That's Caleb Maupin's think tank. So, look, be on the lookout for that. Um, Wednesday we'll have INN news. Yeah. Tuesday night we might actually on INN because Tara is not doing a Tuesday night. I'm gonna reach out to Tommy over at Tommy Nation, and we're gonna try to co-stream Tommy Nation live to INN's channels. Usually he's on delay on Thursday nights because we're he's up either against Tara or Jesse which is a live stream exclusive for the network. So, or that the network produces. So hopefully we'll be able to get Tommy nation up there. And, um, again, I thank everybody for hanging out. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys watching the stories and sticking that out and hanging out with me and reef to, to watch some of this cringe and some of the fun stuff. Um, yep. So I am going to say goodnight from here and to keep questioning everyone's
1: motivations yeah, keep listening to what little birdies have to tell you, everyone. Good night. Night, everybody. I think I liked it better being blind When I couldn't read between the lines and When I couldn't see the cracks in the structure That lay bare before me the whole time I think I liked it better back when I Suspended disbelief and swallowed pride I thought I knew the difference in the red from the blue, but they both bleed us so dry. They both bleed us so dry. My favorite songs don't
0: hit the same way. I get to the end of a four minute track, and I'm only looking back thinking, what did they actually say? So I try to. If you like this podcast, please help our show grow by subscribing. And giving us a five star review on your favorite podcasting platform. For more content, you can follow Independent Left News on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IndLeftNews and subscribe to our YouTube channel. To get news updates twice a day to your inbox, subscribe via email on the IndependentLeft.News website. Join our Jetstream 24 7 news and opinion Discord at IndependentLeft.gg with more than 50 channels each dedicated to a different outlet, journalist, YouTuber, or political comedian. Thanks, everyone. Remember to check out independentleft.news in your browser and subscribe to our podcast for news updates.